This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Uh, we were supposed to be out at the Civic Center for the Expo and doing a live podcast today, but that was canceled with all the gnarly weather going on. So we're going to talk with our friend Jeff Ash uh, via the telephone, and that kind of freed Lefty up to head over to Sioux Falls. It's that there's snow, there's ice, there's rain, there's snow. But if there's a volleyball game with Lefty's daughter in it, he's going to go just like the postman straight through it. Exactly. I, I guess it's, I guess it's good volleyball weather because it sure has not been good baseball or golf weather. That's for sure. So, yeah. So it's a good it's a good thing to look forward to. Yeah. So uh, tell us about it. You headed over to Sioux Falls. Yeah. Yeah. They are taking on. I'm not exactly sure how it's working. I mean, this is kind of their spring season. They're considered games, but they're kind of scrimmages. And but I mean, it it's still got a fun feel to it. And they're playing um, USF, so University of Sioux Falls, who is their huge rival. But there's other, like South Dakota State is there, and I think USD. And I just am not positive if they play all of them or what. But okay. I guess we'll find that out. So I, I'm confident that they're for sure playing at least one match, but I'm hoping it's more than one. But, yeah, it's a great – it's great not only – of course, you love the volleyball part of it. This is Piper's last run. Uh, she's going to play this fall as a uh, graduate – student um she's actually graduating with her master's in four years here this year which is pretty cool yeah and um she uh but she wants to come back this fall and play uh one more one more time and uh so this spring season is always kind of neat with volleyball just because for one yes it's fun to see her and the volleyball and the girls which you love but get a chance to see the parents that you haven't seen for a few months now too yeah, that's right. Hey, so it's kind of like a jamboree, uh, then sort of a thing. Do they do they keep score? Have so. officials? Everything? Yeah, to a point they do. You know, you think I would know this, Todd? After four years of watching <laughs> these, um, how I feel like they do, but okay. I I don't, I can't hundred percent remember that. And yeah, I think from what I remember in the past, and this isn't like their only one. They have like four different matches, um, if you will. So. Uh, I'm just not exactly sure how it goes, but the bottom line is that they will be playing volleyball. And for them, too, you know, it's the first time uh, that they had some girls, you know, that graduate or that are done, so they won't have them for the first time, but they don't have their, you know, so the girls that, excuse me, but so the girls that redshirted can now play. The, you know, the girls that redshirted last fall can now play this spring. The seniors uh, that we had that are done, they're done, so it's kind of a new mix, but we don't also have our new freshmen for next fall. So you're kind of in that in-between trying to see what is this going to look like, some girls that haven't played yet. Um, we have a, a setter that hasn't played because our setter graduated, so I'm excited to watch her and just kind of see the new the new blood, you know, and see how they how they all work together. It's just It's fun. It's exciting. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, safe travels over there. I'm sure everybody will be, uh, will be fine. Uh, like you said, it's more volleyball weather because that's an indoor and a gymnasium type of a sport uh, than it is, uh, you know, baseball weather. Prep teams aren't going to get out for a while, it wouldn't seem, no. unless they have a turf field or something. I guess Bold had a game uh, scheduled down at Mankato on the turf, but then it snowed and they couldn't do it anyway. But, you know, like Wilmer has some turf now that they can practice on and so forth, but I don't think they could play games on that yet. Uh, spring sports in Minnesota sometimes are tough to get to. 
it definitely is. I've been through that, you know, both as a player and then with my kids playing too. It's just crazy. And, you know, we're, we're itching ourselves because we want to golf so bad. And yep. Brooksy, we've talked about before, uh, he's playing at the Technical College up in St. Cloud, and they've supposed to already have, you know, a couple games up here that they haven't been able to have, and they've been trying to have them in. Like, we were supposed to have it in the southern tip of Iowa, and we couldn't because of snow. They don't really have a lot of snow down there, but, of course, it snowed the days before we were supposed to play. We were supposed to play out in Wisconsin then. That didn't work out this weekend. So, I mean, I feel bad for Coach. He's... He's trying anything he can. Does anybody know of a turf field somewhere that we could meet? You know, because these are actually their conference games are starting already. Yeah. You know, you kind of go right into that at that level, and they just haven't been able to play. But I see, like a lot of the NSIC teams, like Augie and St. Cloud State, and you know they're playing way down in uh, like Council Bluffs, so right down by Omaha, almost getting their conference games in. So it's it's quite a rat race. And you think of the expenses that that adds to their programs too. It's just the stuff we have to do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's one of those one of those years of the winter is going to hang on into April. It's not the first time it's happened. You know, we it wasn't great last year either for April. I I didn't actually play golf in April last year. I didn't I didn't get a chance to play till I went to South Carolina the first week of May. There were a few a very few playable days in April. I just wasn't able to right. uh, last year. But it was very few. Actually, March last year was pretty nice, and then April was you know snow and cold. But uh, so we're used to it, I guess. Yeah, they are. Uh, there is a course opening up in Austin this weekend, though. I saw they were supposed to be like 59 degrees this weekend, so it's not that far away. But we just had so much snow to get rid of first, and then it's going to be wet, and it's it's going to be a while. I was yeah. talking with Speed, our our guy over at Hawk Creek, and I said, Speed, just give me. What are you even thinking? He goes, I just hope by the end of April, and that's that's kind of sad because sometimes you get a month, month and a half of play by then in yeah. other years. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's life. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You you oftentimes do it shortens up the season. It's 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 not great for area golf courses. You know they need a they'd like to have a little longer season. And if you're going to carve off, I mean shucks, we've opened. Uh, I remember when I was membering at at Eagle Creek playing on March the seventh, and the season starting. Right. You know, second third week of March, we'd be out there. We uh, if they're not out by say the fifth of April, then it really is a late start. Uh, even for Minnesota, and, and I don't really see it happening by the 5th of April. You know me, Todd, Mr. Positive. So I <laughs> I was talking to Speed last night, and I said, I guess, Speed, this is the way to look at it. There is nothing we can do about where we're at. So we can either look at it that we're starting late, or we can look that we only have a month to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, if you, if you rewind to, like, December, January, and you thought that, you'd be pretty pumped, and... There's nothing we can really do it. I mean, I'm bummed about it too, but I guess when I look at it that way that maybe it's only, you know, two to four weeks from playing golf, that doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, that's right. And, hey, by the way, you know, sometimes we are torn early season with that second weekend of April rolls around. If the weather's nice and you're out playing golf – but you kind of wish you weren't because you'd like to be inside watching the Masters. Uh, you know, I know it doesn't. It seems like it's early this year, which it is just maybe a week early. Huh. Um, but it's Easter weekend this year, which um, that's next weekend, which is I think it's the weather for us that makes it seem that it's just off. But dang, man, I uh, I have a hard time working when Masters is around. Yeah, I will be focused though. I'll just have it playing. I mean, it is the most motivating sounds that I've ever experienced is listening to the Masters. Yeah. So yeah. I probably will do my best work, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it's always the second weekend of April, so it's just how the calendar fell with, 
with April 1st being a Saturday uh, this year. So that's why it, it backed it up. Uh, it, that's why it seems early. It is early. It's as early as it can possibly be uh, than, right. than any year. Yeah, so. because Carter, Carter was born on the first sun, or the, the Sunday of the first Masters Tiger ever won. Yeah. And yeah. he is <clears throat> he is an April 13th birthday. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, the Masters rolling around. It'll be our first chance in a while to see both live golf players and the PGA Tour stars uh, playing at the same yeah. time and and with and against each other. That'll be that'll be fun to see. It'll be uh, you know where there really are the top players in the world are on the course at the same time when you have Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson uh, also being in the field along with all those great PGA Tour stars. It's going to be definitely interesting to see that. I mean, I I'm not really into the live thing. I just I don't know. I I don't think the golf is that good, and and that's been from I've actually, you know, we talk about it a lot. How I pick teams with a couple of my buddies, and we've picked live too, and mm-hmm. so I've you know watched a lot of that, and I just, ugh, the golf is not very good, and it just seems like they're, you know, they got paid, so who cares at this point? Which that happens, and I guess you know more power to them at that point. But it'll be interesting to see are they going to be able to kind of change that mindset from what theirs is you know all this loud music and it's a big party and we're in our shorts and you know stuff that probably seems attractive to like us but then you'd go and turn around to the masters where it's you know white white suits for the caddies and the sounds like you literally can just listen to the the music and the birds <laughs> the colors you know it's just there's just something spiritual about the Masters, so it's to me the complete opposite of what they're doing every week at Live. So, yeah. you know, but I I hope that they can come in with some class, and you know, there's plenty of Masters champions there um, that are in Live now, and I yep. you know I I hope they can come in respect Scotty, you know, for his win last year, and uh, you know, I guess from there just see what it what it shakes out, but I think it'll still kind of play out the same. Yeah. I, I I don't think there's gonna be a problem. Those will be the story. Those will be the storylines coming into it. But then, it's like after they start playing, it's like you know what? A, it's not like they're gonna be jawjacking each other about live when they get into the heat of the Masters run. You know, so I don't no. think so. And if, and if you read any comments from a lot, a lot of the live players, not all of them. Some of them have not. You know, like Sergio has been, but but like Cam Smith and they're friends. They're still friends on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Many of the PGA those, Tour players are fine with what the live golfers did. That's just what they chose to do uh, with their careers, and they don't they don't denigrate them. They don't they don't they're not going to be disrespectful. They're not going to show up with a boombox on their shoulder and uh, you know be, no. you know putting that way on the putting green. Uh, but right. what is going to happen is the live players they have something to prove because there's people such as yourself who think it's not real golf they're not really trying i'm kind of on the other side i think they are because they are they have a big chip on their shoulder they're the villains now they've been told that they're bad guys so i think they're going to play even better uh when they get a chance to play against the regular pga tour players yeah and i don't think the pga guys this tournament means so much to them that they don't want the distraction they don't want to be part of any distraction so Mm. I don't think they're going to cause any trouble either, you no, know, unless no. Patrick reads a ding dong or something, or I don't even know if he's in the Masters, but yeah, I don't, know but I, yep. I don't think it's going to be a thing other than for us to talk about in the media yeah. to talk about, you know, to make it a thing. Yeah. I mean, it is a thing. It is a thing, but it's kind of like a lot of people are over it too. I know this is like their first time of kind of joining together to, to compete again since it, but I just think it's all about the tournament. I really think that tournament just stands alone, and it's so much about that tournament yeah. that they aren't going to, you know, I just right. don't. 
I'm sure there will be little storylines here and there, and things will pop up. But I just think it matters that much to them. And so to that's all how of I look them. at it. To all of them, yeah. PGA Tour and Live players, they all revere right. the Masters. So, yeah, it's, it's just going to be golf as per usual, and it's just going to be yeah. a better field than either of the right. two tours present uh, most weekends, including the PGA Absolutely. Tour. Now, I know the PGA Tour basically owns the World Golf Rankings, so they've you know slammed the Live players way down in the rankings, and yet they still continue to promote the World Golf Rankings, which in my mind and many people's minds are no longer accurate. Uh, so the, the the players that are good players from Live are going to try and you know earn some ranking points as well to try and and uh, hang on to a few of those. But the way it's going right now for Live and there's like no ratings for their uh, on the CW. No. I mean, it was like a hundred thousand people or something uh, watched their their last event. Uh, I, I don't know if they'll keep doing it. They, they no. these guys that sign these big hundred million dollar, two hundred million dollar contracts, that's through twenty five. And if they leave before 25 from Live Golf, they have to pay Live back anywhere from two to four times the amount of the bonus that they received. So if Phil right. Mickelson, who isn't playing any good anymore, decided he wanted to retire, he'd have to give Live Golf up to $800 million. Well, we know yeah. he's not doing that. So it's a little bit of they own you uh, once you signed yeah. up with Live. Yeah, an easy way for me to sum up Live is. I'm way more jacked up to watch the women's final four tonight and watch Iowa and South Carolina play than I would be to watch a live golf tournament in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, uh, I am captured by them. I love, I love watching Caitlin Clark. She is amazing and she's awesome for the women's sports. So I'm looking forward to watching that tonight. And I know we're running out of time, but Todd, I am just pulling into Raymond here and, obviously Raymond is all over, uh, the uh, national news. Yes. Um, and uh, I drove kind of close to the scene this morning on my way into work. Yep. And it is it is unbelievable, actually. Really? Um, you know, part, part of me was like, oh, come on, you know, we got some train cars that spilled over here. And, but the amount of workers and trucks and vehicles, it actually kind of blows your mind. Uh-huh. And I'm not one. I'm not one to be dramatic that way to be like, oh my god, you know, and I'll, you know that. But yeah, yeah. when I when I drove here this morning and I drove around, I was just like, how do each of these parts contribute? You know, like how do you know that this that you're part of this cleanup? Yeah, it's just. I mean, I the only time I see stuff like this here is when uh, the Harley Davidson stuff is going on. And, <laughs> sure, that's right. I mean, it is just unbelievable how many trucks and semis and trailers and people moving all over. This morning when I drove by church, there was just a convoy of people going through here because they were serving them breakfast. And it's literally like a natural disaster hit here. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of creepy because of what you know what it feels like, but it's also really a neat thing and how everybody has kind of stepped up. And um, it's not the way that Raymond wants to be on the map um, for that, but. The uh, underlining stories of how everybody has chipped in is it's it's legit. It's really yeah. cool and it's quite a scene here. So it'll be yeah. it'll be really interesting to kind of see how they get it all cleaned up and put back together because I'm sure they have their protocol. But yeah, really neat. I wanted to get that in there. How cool it was. I'm just glad it wasn't right downtown by the grain elevator or something. Oh man, yeah. they're very close to the fertilizer plant. So yeah. you know if if something would have. I don't know enough about it, but if something would have gotten there in an explosion, that could have been very scary. So. Yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. Those guys are out there. I mean, I, I woke up to text Todd, and they're like, are you guys okay? Are you evacuating? Yeah. I'm like, what are yeah. you talking about? I didn't even know it. I could see it right out my living room window. You could see the, the flames and the siren or the, the lights and everything. So 
pretty surreal deal. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, great to see the communities uh, come together. That's for sure. Uh, did... Glad nobody got hurt. You know, yeah, you bet. Obviously the key. Yep. Did you uh, watch the Twins yesterday? I did, man. I I'm all in. I'm excited. I uh, of course this time of the year we always are. We talk about it every year. Yep. It's easy to be excited, but I was impressed with our starting pitcher. I thought he had really electric stuff and. It's fun to see us have a starter that's, you know, clipping up there in the upper 90s and his yep. ball is moving all over. I mean, Brooksy is texting me. He goes, Dad, this guy's two-seamer is just crazy. He goes, it's, you know, so just a lot of things that were fun about it. Big fan always. And, of course, baseball, it runs deep with me. Yeah, Pablo Lopez. So I was, of yeah. course, not at all disappointed that Louis Arise was traded, but I, I was happy that they brought back a guy and they got a prospect thrown in uh, along with it for – you know, a rise. Yeah, he won the American League batting title, but he can't play defense. So he's a DH who hits a lot of singles, which isn't a big championship piece in my mind. But uh, Pablo Lopez, a guy who could throw like that, and the Twins projecting him up, they really think he has ace caliber stuff and somebody who could win a game one in the postseason, which would be nice. Yeah, it sure looked like it yesterday. And, and of course, that was just a, you know, one start or whatever. I did like, too, that Rocco let him go back out there, you know, that mantra that he's getting about never letting his pitchers go long enough or try to continue to go into some of the middle innings you know and so it was nice to see that um he worked out of a couple jams nicely he got some double get double play and um i just of course it's fun for us it seems like we're always in second place when it comes to our pitching so it was just nice to see that guy take it and you know like our second and third pitchers too they're not chopped liver but no. of course some of that is just us hoping that it's going to be good so, I don't know. I'm excited. The closer, Yoan Duran, nobody throws the ball harder than that guy. He's hitting 103 right. miles an hour the first game of the season. Right. Yeah. It. Uh, I'm excited. I'm just driving, like, I'm right by all of the stuff here. So, yeah. I think I just went through a stop sign with the state trooper watching me, but he's what? not chasing me, so that's good. Well, that's not good. <laughs> well, I'm distracting you here then. We're all out of time anyway, <laughs> Lefty. Okay. Safe travels over there to Sioux Falls. All right, Todd. Have a good weekend. Jeff Ash joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.